I'm Ashley. I'm Lauren. And this is Whispers in the Basement. Happy Sunday, aka the Lord's Day. I was going to say, I was thinking this earlier. It's the day of rest and we're not resting. We are not resting, unfortunately. Ain't no rest for the wicked. Isn't that a song? Ain't no rest for the wicked. I don't know if that's the name of this one. I think but it I is. Like Money Don't cool. Grow on Trees. I wish it did. You always ask me about these songs that I do not know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk about our week. Yes. How Tom, was your week? Um, it was it was a little chaotic. Um, I ha- is it Murphy's yes, Murphy's Law. Have you ever had days where you have Murphy's Law? Like what can go wrong does go wrong. Yes. I feel like that was my Thursday. It was my Thursday because I had a lot of issues like at work and then um, I got home and I, so I commute. We both commute actually. It's, what is it? A 20, 30 minute drive? 25 minutes, yeah. Yeah. And so I got all the way back home. I was coming off the highway and as I was going up the off ramp, I could just hear metal on metal. Oh no. And I was like, oh my gosh, no. (laughs) So I thankfully have, um. I'm smart enough to know, like, okay, I think this part's maybe wrong with my car. I think my Aaron appreciates that. So I had texted him, and I was like, hey, so I think my brake on the the driver's side's going out. It's probably the brake and the rotor. Of course, it's 5 o'clock at night. By the time I'm getting home, it's dark. Yes. Which then triggers anxiety for me because I'm like, it's dark. In my head, I'm thinking, it's 8 o'clock. The parts store is going to close soon. It might as well be midnight at this point. A hundred percent. Yes. So I was... I was like, hey, so I need, you need to come home. And he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll be home in a bit and I'll fix it. And so then like 5.30 rolls around. I'm like, hello, <laughs> I need my car tomorrow. <laughs> um, so it was the rotor and the brake, the brake pads. Uh, so go me. And so Aaron got it fixed. He did get it fixed. I got to work. Um, oh, you also forgot your badge at work. I, but you want to hear a funny story? I didn't forget my badge at work. This is the second time <laughs> I thought I did and I got to work and it was in the front seat of my car. So you were stressed for nothing What a fucking that. ding dong. Yes, honestly. What a ding dong. Um, <laughs> so that was my Thursday. Uh, Friday went a bit smoother. That's good. And the rest of the week wasn't awful. So now your turn. Okay, my week was good. Pretty uneventful. I baked a lot of bread. We have to give an update. On your pumpkin bars. So yes. Ashley's pumpkin bars sold out. And more people wanted them than she was baking for so we did a second release on those and those sold those out sold out we were trying to determine are pumpkin bars just an october thanksgiving thing i feel like they are a full holiday i could eat pumpkin any time of the year but i am a basic woman yes very basic chick i love that she doesn't want to say white woman <laughs> It makes me nervous. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe it's something we just... It's a holiday flavor for me. See, I could... True. And I think if you had it all year long, it wouldn't hold, like, a special place in your heart anymore. Also, when I say holidays, I mean from August, because August is when I get in the fall mood. Oh, yeah. Until January. (laughs) So, my fall mood, I think, really starts after the 4th of July. Yeah, that's (laughs) true. I, I like summer from like may to july 4th and then after that i'm done with it because that's when we hit 
the really we live in uh missouri i'm in case anybody's listening to this that doesn't know us but uh it's like the armpit it honestly of the united states it's so sweaty and hot and humid in the summertime you don't even need to do your hair no or makeup because it melts no. right off and uh yeah i like fall better because i feel like i can dress cuter you can layer to and look you're not cute. sweating walking into your car a hundred percent yes a hundred percent um so yeah the pumpkin bars sold out those and they're fantastic um Ashley even baked a couple for some coworkers that begged and pleaded. So they were gooing and gawing over them. That is not the right words that I meant to say. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> They're good. They're so good. They are good. They're like this perfect uh I hate I hate this word, but they're like the perfect moistness. Okay, so I moist. am not against the word moist because it is the perfect Descriptor? Yes, for <laughs> it any is a good dessert. dessert. It is. Really. I hate a dry dessert. <laughs> Anybody that knows Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just laughed in your all's ears super loud. But anybody that knows Lauren, she, this bitch, she is the, I don't want to say bougie, because you're not, like, the bougiest when it comes to food. No. Yeah. But you definitely have a good... I mean, food's like your a forte. Palette, you know, yes. Yeah, you know what's good and what's not, so... <laughs> yeah. And when I, it's not good to Lauren, it's not good. No, yeah. All. We did Unless a, you're desperate. We did a work trip, and the food, honestly, the whole trip was mediocre. And by the time that we were at the airport getting ready to fly out... I honestly just wanted something that I knew was going to be good, and there was this, like, little <laughs> pop-up restaurant that had, like, fast food Chinese, and I was like, you cannot mess that up. Did you did you mention we were in the airport? You did, yes. didn't you? Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is in the airport. So, Ashley and Peyton both were like, no, let's go to TGI Fridays. Because we needed alcohol. <laughs> needed an alcohol beverage so (laughs) i was not the majority and so we went to tgi fridays and we all ordered bloody mary's and appetizers Mm. Mm -hmm. and (laughs) i feel like we got chips and salsa we did get chips and salsa and i think we got did we get spinach artichoke dip maybe and mozzarella sticks yes and i remember the spinach artichoke dip was gray (laughs) <laughs> and I didn't even pay attention to the color. It was all disgusting. I was livid at this point, and I was throwing the temper tantrum because I was so tired of terrible food. Yes, because the rest of the week we ate, like, quinoa. Yes, which quinoa, First I guess, day. can be good, but, but I have not had it. But, like, one day. Yes. Not every day after. Um, yeah. And we but, also had lots of chicken salad sandwiches with fatty pieces of chicken, which is an immediate no for me. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna mention here that I feel like I feel like yes, I felt bad for you in that moment, but you should have felt worse for me because y'all chipped me out of my supper the night before. <laughs> oh yeah, the night before we went to Epcot. And so whenever we got there, Ashley was just like, Oh, we need to go to this tea shop. And I was like, Great. Let's eat really fast. Then we'll go to the tea shop because we wanted to make it all the way around Epcot. And I think that we had like three hours maybe. Yeah, it was a very short time frame that we had to make this happen. Because the buses were going to leave us. Correct. And we went and got fish and chips and Ashley was the last in the line. Of a a line of like 12. Yes. (laughs) So the very last one. Yes. And so 
we were already chowing down by the time she sat down. I'm so mad at you guys. And <laughs> in my head, all I'm thinking about is eat, tea shop, all the way around Epcot. <laughs> and so <laughs> as I am done picking through my fish and chips, I'm looking at Ashley and I'm trying to really hurry her up. And yeah, just keep in mind, everybody at this point has eaten. I literally <laughs> sit down. I have just put my malt vinegar on my fish, and I'm getting ready to enjoy what looks, and it's it was huge. It was a it huge was. piece of fish. What I think is going to be this magnificent piece of food, because we've been eating quinoa. Yes. And I was ready to grease myself up. Like, I was, I'm a fat kid. I wanted some fucking fish. I get, like, the first couple of bites in my mouth. And Lauren stands up, and all of our other friends stand up, and they're like, okay, are you guys ready to go? And I'm like, what the fuck, man? I just sat down. <laughs> and I have, like, the manic, like, in my head, I am my mother to a T, where I am like, I have this agenda, and we have to follow it because we have to get everything done. So I do not realize that I am hurrying, actually, because I am only going by the agenda in my head. <laughs> Actually, was not eating fast I, enough. Yeah, I I did get to shovel a good chunk, a good <laughs> few chunks of food, and then it was just we were gone on the go. Yeah, yes. Um, and then we ended up ordering uh room service that night, which my room service was good. Nobody else's was. I don't remember what I got. You got a margarita pizza. Oh yes, that's right. That's right. I just yeah. remember it being super expensive because it's room service. So. Absolutely. Yes. Um, okay. So this is actually a really good segue into what we're talking about today. I have no idea what this is about, by the way. Okay, so, so you're going to be completely educating me on this. Yes. Yeah, so this is about um, the Pioneer Woman's Link to the Killers of the Flower Moon. So I guess we probably, this would be a good time to say, like, keep this in mind for everyone that we drop. These are, opinions are merely just our opinions. We're just yes. two random chicks with a microphone. And Please. anything that we're alleging, it's just, it's not real. Yeah. Like, please don't take us as seriously. Please don't come at us. We and don't. if you want to, just Venmo me. Yeah. <laughs> we don't get paid to do this. So <laughs> it's just for funsies. Um, so just keep that in mind. Yes. Okay. So my backstory to Pioneer Woman. So I feel like maybe it was before I started dating Seth, so probably like 10 years ago, she had some episodes of her cooking show, The Pioneer Woman, on Netflix, and I remember Dakota came over one day, and we watched her, and we loved her. We binge-watched, like, every season that was on Netflix, and honestly, her style of cooking was so rustic. It is. It's very, like, comfort foodie. Yes, and never in my life have I ever wanted to be a blue-collar man's wife that cooked him home-cooked The Marlboro Man? Isn't that what she calls yes. him? Yes, <laughs> she okay, calls her husband the Marlboro Man. Yes. Um, and honestly, I succeeded in that dream because my husband is a blue-collar profession, mm -hmm. and I cook him fattening food, and he hates that whenever he looks in the mirror. Um, so then my mother-in-law, uh, took me to her little town, um, Pahuska that she is living in and she has kind of just monopolized this whole 
<laughs> Sorry. Uh, Ashley's trying to tell me if I'm being too close or too far away. I think go. you're good now. Okay. Go for it. So <laughs> my mother-in-law took me on a trip to Pahuska for my engagement gift. And we went to her little mercantile, which was full of all kinds of just knickknacks and everything. And then she had a little restaurant attached to the mercantile and we ate breakfast there and it was delicious. Um, she also has an ice cream shop, a hotel, a pizza place that we also ate at, which was very good. And I feel like she has even more there now. They also do tours of her ranch and where she films the show. And sometimes you get to see her dogs. They did not have any openings when we went. How far into, so like how far of a drive is that from here? I felt like Denise and I met up in Joplin and then we drove and I feel like it was a four hour drive from Joplin. So I think it was about six or seven hours total. Okay. That's not bad. No. It would be a good girls weekend trip, I guess. Yes. Yeah, it was. It was very relaxing. We got a cute little Airbnb that was within walking distance. So we are both super early morning people. So mm. we got up at like. By 45 a.m. and just walked there. Cool. Yeah. I had never heard about this story until I read an article Vanity Fair put out and I was immediately interested. A movie based on the nonfiction book Killers of the Flower Moon was released October 20th, 2023. Killers of the Flower Moon was set in the 1920s in Oklahoma. It focuses on a series of murders of Osage tribe members and relations in the Osage Nation after oil was being produced on tribal land. Tribal members had retained mineral rights on their reservation and non-tribal members sought to gain their wealth. Okay. So, in the movie and book, the Drummond name is never mentioned, which Re, the pioneer woman, her last name is Drummond. Wait, is her name Re? Yeah. Why did I think it was Ray? No, it's Ray. Well, you were probably... Are you thinking about, uh... Oh my gosh. gosh what is it? Ray Dunn? Yes. Okay. Yes. I was this... I was today years old when I learned. It's Ray. I had Ray. no idea. Okay. Yes. Um, so have you watched the movie? I have not watched the movie. Okay. Somebody else I was talking to this week while well, you were talking to them and mm -hmm. I overheard in the breezeway that somebody else had said that they had watched it. I don't remember who it was though. I think it has really good reviews because it has Leonardo DiCaprio and a couple other really big name actors in it. Okay. The Pioneer Woman's family owns all of the land that the Killers of the Flower Moon is about. So, when you say her family, is it hers or his? Well, I mean, she married into it. So, so his, his, but family. now hers. Okay. Yes. Okay. Because she's not from there, is she? She's a city girl. Uh, she is from Oklahoma. Her dad was a podiatrist. Okay. Because I feel like I don't watch cooking shows because it makes me feel like an underachiever. Um, but when I do watch her, um, she has mentioned before she is a city girl that married a country guy. Yes. She, I feel like was in the ballet at one point. Or okay. took ballet. But yes, yeah, she unintentionally... Married into a ranching family. Gotcha. Okay. And his family owns a estimated 9% of Osage County land that once belonged to the Osage tribe. This land is estimated to be worth $275 million. 
They also own a really big part of land that wild horses we free still, range on. We still have wild horses. Yeah. And I no think there's way. a big herd of them that he just helps take care of and manages the land for them. Interesting. So yes. is this like... I'm sorry, going back to, is it like pretty far down into Oklahoma? I'm asking because like Aaron's family is from, they were in Oklahoma and they also own, like Aaron's mom owns some, or her family owns some like land that oil rigs are on now. Yes. Uh, Not that we're rich because we're not, but um, I just didn't know if it was like farther down south. Well, you threw out a number there. So yeah, that's why I was, we're not rich. But anyways, keep going. Yeah, so it's not, like, super near the, like, south end, but it's pretty much in the middle-ish of Oklahoma. Okay. The Drummond family used to own land that was once owned by William K. Hale, who was one of the three people charged in the Reign of Terror homicides, which claimed the lives of at least two dozen people. These murders took place between the years of 1921 and 1926. Sorry. I'm just, I'm analyzing. Keep going. So remember the name William K. Hale because you'll also find out um, more about him at the end of this. In 1906, the Osage Allotment Act of 1906 is what triggered tension between tribal members and non-tribal members. The act took 1.5 million acres of the Osage Indian Reservation and transformed it into what we now know, know as Osage County. This land was split up and was given to members of the tribe to basically do what they wanted with. So they could sell the land, ranch on the land, farm on the land. They could basically do whatever. The Indians could. Yeah. Okay. They just put casinos up. Yes. That's what they do. You're laughing, but I'm serious. That's That's what they do. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Once every tribal member received their piece of land, whatever was left was up for grabs from non-tribal members. This land was a hot commodity, and people flocked from all over to get their piece of the Osage. So the popularity of this was kind of like the gold rush. You know, whenever the news of the gold rush hit, people were flocking there because they wanted their bit of gold and to make their money. Yeah, and I mean, they get... I don't remember, something came up, um, something political came up a couple years back. I don't remember what it was. But I remember being like, how can we sit here and and claim that this is our land? Because we took it, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's really sad to think about. that. Put yourself in their shoes, you know, like somebody's just coming and taking your home. Yeah, the government just said, hi, actually, this is my land, and yeah, we're going to dig you. it up. Don't give a crap how long you've been here. <laughs> yeah. We're taking it. <laughs> so the Osage leaders struck a deal that placed mineral rights, a.k.a. head rights, which that is, is what, what Aaron, Yes, that's what Aaron's mom has is mineral rights over, because uh, her family, I think, is. Wow, so they're secretly rich. No, they're, I mean, maybe she is, we're not. <laughs> so the um, head rights were divvied up from the reservation lands into a trust managed by the federal government. 
anyone who was lucky enough to have a mineral right automatically became wealthy. Okay, so, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, because they were basically given a... I don't actually know if it was quarterly, but they would get a payout Mm -hmm. from them throughout Mm -hmm. the years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, this was perfect timing due to the quick growth of gas-powered machinery taking off around that time as well. Yeah, because you said it was at the 20s? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, Frederick Drummond immigrated from the U.S. from Scotland in 1882. By 1890, he opened Hominy Trading Company, who was the largest dealer of Pendleton Blankets. Do you know what the Pendleton Blankets are? Okay, this sounds so familiar. Okay, so remember in my... I think it was the first um, sourdough class that you were at, and one of the girls, Dallas, she was trying to do the Pendleton, um, gosh, pattern. I'm, I'm googling in her it loaf right of bread. Now. But they're basically these wool blankets, and they're very expensive. But it's wool, so. Uh. But they're very uh like western. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes, this is. Yeah, classic Indian Western style is what I think of when I think of that. Okay. Yes, they're Makes very highly sense. priced. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Everything Western is, I feel like. I agree. Um, Frederick passed away in 1913. His sons, Roy Frederick Jr. and Jack, decided to enter into the ranch trade the same year. They obtained massive amounts of land all across the Osage. A majority of this land was obtained from tribal members who were willing just to part with their land. They wanted to sell it now that they had their little piece that was allocated from the government. Um, Frederick Jr. overtook operations at the Hominy Trading Company, which had grown into popularity. This was basically what he had turned into, like, a one-stop shop. So not only could you get... Like clothing, the Pendleton blankets, but you could also plan a funeral. You, what? Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, that, offered like no. funeral services. See, I'm thinking Oregon Trail. I'm thinking, yeah, somebody probably died of dysentery there, but no, that <laughs> no. was way before. Way before. Wow. Um, you could also go get like your will or any estate paperwork done there as well. God damn. I know. He really just took it and went with it. So it's like Walmart. Sort of. Except. Bigger. On crack. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. On crack. Um, as I was researching this, I found that there were a lot of parallels with how the Drummonds did business back then and how they do business now. Okay. Because Rhee has her hands in a lot of different business ventures. Like, she has all of her deals with Walmart, with clothing, cookware. She has her TV show. She's basically built... An empire. Yeah, Mm -hmm. she really has. I think that's the way it works a lot of times. It's like they, well, we kind of talked about it before. Maybe we'll talk about it later. But it's like you have the umbrella, Mm -hmm. right? And then you have all of these other things to to be your cash cow. Yes. And so, like, when one, if one fails, you have all of these Something else to to fall back on. Correct. Mm Mm-hmm. So, dominating in the Osage, in the categories of shopping paperwork, filing, and funeral services meant that the Drummonds could honestly charge whatever they wanted. My, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just still so mind-blown. Funerals. <laughs> funerals. I I mean, funerals, they are a business. They're needed. But uh, the cost of a funeral is so outrageous. So expensive. Yeah. So expensive. Um, another stream of revenue that non-tribal members could make was by being a guardian over Osage tribal members. 
So the government had a process of basically determining if you were fit or not fit to manage your money if you were a tribal member. So kids... I'm sorry. The look on my face... What? Okay, keep going. So I think it was basically children. Okay. Um, but the three Drummond brothers were guardians of ten Osage children and adults. To me, this would just lead to nothing but issues because how do you, like, control Mm -hmm. what they're taking or not taking? Are you just, like, trusting them? Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to think about it back then, too. Like, you didn't have, I'm sure you didn't have laws and regulations set up like you do nowadays right because we've got that set up now like you could be a guardianship over somebody but financially if you start stealing from them and it's in and they you know somebody sees that it's fraud so was that even a thing back then um so they actually had an independent auditor hired in 1934 to examine osage tribe member myron bangs jr's finances which was one of the people, one of the tribal members that the German brothers were managing mm-hmm. his assets. There were multiple pages of discrepancies that were found, and a suit was filed against the three German brothers in 1941, alleging that they conspired and devised a scheme to defraud banks. Yeah, see? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so they also discovered during the auditing that the brothers borrowed $15,000, which is so much money Well, okay. back then. Yes. So I was just going to say, what is, I'm going to do it. What year was that? Um, It was 1941. Okay. Hold, please. You can keep talking. I'm going to Google how much. 15000 okay. Yeah. So they borrowed the $15,000 from Bang to purchase William K. Hale's ranch, who was one of the people that was uh-huh. involved in those murders. Um. So, William actually put the land up for sale as he was heading to prison. Are you ready? Yeah. $15,000 to today. Um, So, $15,000 in 1941 would be the same equivalent as $314,000 in 2023. Insane. That is unreal. Borrowed. Just borrowed. Just borrowed. They would pay it back eventually. 0% interest, I'm sure. (laughs) So William was convicted of murder and was sentenced to life, and he was later released on parole. Of course he was. Absolutely. Charles Drummond, Ree's father-in-law, who has passed away, um, sold Hale's land in the early 2000s and is now owned by the Osage Nation. Member of Osage, members of Osage Nation are still trying to buy land back um, that... They took. Yes, that they took. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are actively competing with the Drummonds. The Drummond family also still owns three quarters of an Osage headright, purchased by a white man who inherited it from his deceased Osage wife during the Reign of Terror. A legislation was produced to encourage non-Osage people... And organizations that still have those head rights to transfer them back to the tribe that is currently making its way to Congress. It is predicted in the movie Killers of the Flower Moon that it's going to bring a lot of judgment towards the Drummonds due to their ties with them monopolizing so much land and having multiple head rights. Wild. It is so wild. It is. Um, I mean, Rhee herself is just a force to be reckoned with. She has an estimated net worth of $50 million dollars. 
And that's not counting her husband's wealth. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's one of those things where you don't ever want to say her family's terrible because a lot of this is from, like, long time ago. Yeah. They can't control what happened in the past. It's just very interesting to see how, like, just those changes from really not even that long ago, like a hundred years ago, mm-hmm. are still following her. Mm-hmm. And the sad thing is, is like her success, right? I mean, may, I don't want to say it's it has anything to do with this because it doesn't, but she had money to build her success up, obviously. So, you know, it's not like it's on the backs of somebody else, but at the same time, it's just, it's very shitty that her name is attached to that. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Would she be as big if she hadn't have married him? Right. I guess it'd be a good question. Yeah, because really, she grew her popularity from just a food blog. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And she got noticed by Food Network. Which, so I'm going to bring this up, and maybe you do it in the future, Um, but... What's that other home bake harvest? Oh, half baked half baked harvest. Yeah, she's under a lot of scrutiny right so now. So I read. Um, I think you sent me an article the other day, and I was reading it. And her family is also like a well known family, mm-hmm. but I don't remember how. Um, I know that she has a brother who was in the Olympics. Yes. Yeah. And her, but her parents have like. They have money. Yeah, they have lots of money. They basically live in their, like, own little homestead, kind of. Yeah. On a mountain. Yeah. Yeah. It's very wild. Crazy to me. Yes, I completely agree. I just thought that story was very interesting, and I personally love Re and look up to her. So, so. do you... I have to ask this question, because this is another thing that kind of came up with Half-Baked Harvest. Um, if I think you mentioned it to me, because I don't research these people at all. But do you think that her recipes are really her recipes? Well, so I think, like, in the beginning they were, but even on TikTok, there are a lot of people who develop recipes for bigger name celebrities. So I know that there is a guy that I follow that he helps develop recipes for Molly Yeh. Yeah, I have no idea who that is. She is a... I don't know if you can call them chef because I don't know if she went to a culinary school. But she has a show on Food Network. And she has a lot of Asian influence in her food. And there's something else that she um, ties it together with. But I cannot think of what it is. But yeah, her husband is a big farmer. And she also had a food blog and has her own show on Food Network now. But... I do think that a lot of the recipes, they are curated from other people that they just pay. How would you... Do you think that's something you would want to do? It's like almost like being a ghostwriter. Yeah. But in in a food world. I don't know. Or would you feel like your thunder's getting stolen? I also don't feel like I'm creative enough to come up with my own recipes. I like looking at people's recipes and tweaking it to my own, Mm -hmm. but I'm never just sitting around at home and I'm like, let me throw these five different things together and see how it turns out. Yeah. It makes me think of, um, when you say that, it makes me think of the, that girl that I follow on Instagram is her name Dope Kitchen. Oh yeah. She takes a gummy (laughs) and then she waits for the gummy to kick in and then she just randomly picks shit out of her 
fridge and is like, I'm going to make this. And she makes like, it just looks so goddamn good. And I'm at, at like 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. And I'm and like, what the hell, man? Yeah, she just knows what it is. And if she's missing an ingredient, she yep. just rolls with it. Where I sometimes am like, oh my gosh, I'm missing this one crucial ingredient. It's not going to be the best, but... Usually I call my mom and she reassures me that it's fine. There you go. Yes. There you go. Well, that was a good story. I thought it was very interesting. It is interesting. I mean, it also helps that I love love Reese. Still so mind-blown that it's Rhea, not Ray. Yeah, that's so funny. You must have just had Ray done. What a ding-dong. It happens. It really does happen. It's okay. It's okay. So I want to thank everybody for listening and sharing and providing their review on our episode that we dropped last Friday, we mainly shared it, well, Ashley shared it on all of her stories on Instagram and Facebook, and then we both shared it on our pages on Facebook. Yeah. So but it was so fun to hear everybody's feedback. Yeah, so you can listen on um, Patreon and YouTube for now. Um, Patreon's free. Eventually, after we get, a, I think, a pretty hopefully decent following yes i'm manifesting the best um outcome of this honestly so you know once we get a decent following we'll tier the patreon and offer different things for paid tiers like maybe you'll get to see our faces at some point (laughs) i don't know um i think another goal is to get on spotify because that's a really easy way it is and I don't know how you do Apple Music, but Ashley is also the one editing all of this. I'm just here for the, uh... But if the last episode was edited like shit, just please keep that thought to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> or if this one's edited like shit, also keep that thought to yourself. Or I'm new at this. Venmo Ashley $500. Yeah, I'm... This is self-taught. YouTube taught me. So, <laughs> um... So, yeah. I, I... I... Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening last time. Yeah. And... I hope that you guys love this episode. Providing feedback always. Um, I will have the next episode. I'll do the next one. Hopefully we will drop it on Friday. That's the goal. Uh-huh. We were tr- trying to go for every Friday, but... Work. Somebody had to work Friday. Our full-time jobs. Yeah. Um, to any so that's why you're bosses getting... that are listening to yeah. this right now. <laughs> that's why you're getting <laughs> this one Sunday. Um, but my next one, I haven't, I haven't even told you what it's no. about. Um, but I'll give some hints. It's a, uh, murder, we're going to do a murder, question mark, suicide, question mark, or accident, question mark. Um, and it's, I would say old timey, but I don't feel, I feel like the thirties and forties is not old timey to me right like i mean it is almost 100 years ago at but this that's point. so mind-blowing to yeah. me it doesn't feel like it but yes yeah, so it's from like the 30s um i think yeah mainly the 30s is when it took place um and it's i got it um dark it's dark hollywood so oh yes you do love hollywood yeah so the old school hollywood not current hollywood yeah so i'm reading a book hopefully i will get it completely finished to start my notes um but we're gonna it's up to you you know which one is it murder mystery or or sorry murder suicide or accident so it's a mystery for sure it is a mystery <laughs> um yeah, and that one will drop Friday. So I don't think we've got anything else to... Nope, I feel like this is a good place to end it here. End it. So, yeah, thanks for listening. I hope everybody has a good week. Yeah, have a great week, and we will see you 
Friday.